0: All right, right, 12, how are we doing tonight? Yes. Hey, this is awesome, by the way. Uh, pretty, pretty amazing that at h 12, we have standing room only. How do you guys feel about that? That's right. There were like, there were about four or five people that literally were sitting behind the stage last week, and I said, we can't do that, so we took out all the chairs and you guys... You guys are awesome. Uh, obviously, there's some, there's some Bibles behind you. There's also Bibles up in front, so we want to make sure you get one of those, as well as the little circle sheets. Uh, how many of you in this room are hot right now? You're hot. Yeah, you guys are so vain. You're so vain right now. I can't believe you. I'm just kidding. No, uh, hey, we are working on getting the air turned up in here. But real quick, real quick, uh, we want to say a big, big welcome to all of our first-time visitors. Uh, Just like Zach and Jamie said we have this thing called a VIP room, which is really awesome It's a bunch of free stuff like free food free drinks And by the way the free food that we're gonna give you is not a smoothie of any kind, okay? So you don't have to worry about that, but right after this service Right after this service is done. It's right next door in our VIP room Want to make sure that you and the person that brought you join us join us there now all right, here we go, let's, uh, let's dial it in. Awesome, awesome. Now, uh, we're in the middle of a series called Circles. We actually started this last week and the whole idea of Circles is centered around this one question. The one question is, what are we known for? What are we known for? Which is a great question. In fact, some of you in this room, you might be new to h 12 and that might be the question on your mind is what is is 12 known for? Like what are, what are we all about? In fact, this is a really good question for you personally. Like, it's a good question to ask yourself. Like, what am I known for? Like, what's the main thing that I am known for? If you were to kind of take everything else away, what's the, what's the one thing that I'd be known for? And this question is not only good for us as age 12 to figure out, this is a great question for any organization. So any school has to ask this question, what are we known for? Any, any big business has to answer the question, what are we known for? Any family, any church, anything, they need to answer this question, what are we known for? So for instance, um, this week, If you were to go up to the Discovery Channel and you were to ask them, what are we known for? What would they say? Yeah, they'd say Shark Week, right? How many of you guys watching Shark Week? That's it. I, uh, I can't explain our country's obsession with sharks except for the fact that it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Sharks are beautiful, amazing, terrifying creatures. In fact, this is... This is true. Uh, Last year around this time, my wife and I actually went on a little vacation. We were staying at this hotel and we were like getting ready to go somewhere and we were just kind of flipping through the channels and it was Shark Week. And so of course we stopped at this like episode of Shark Week and we just couldn't stop watching. Like it was terrifying and amazing all at the same time. So um, in case you've missed it or in case you haven't really caught up with Shark Week, we got a quick minute clip to get you caught up. Check it out. Uh, How many of you guys are like fired up? You're ready to go to war right now after seeing that shark demolish those seals, right? Unstinking, believable. So so if you were to go up to the producers at Discovery Channel and you were to ask them, hey, what are you known for? They would say Shark Week, right? Obviously, we are known for Shark Week. And so when it comes to H12, when it comes to you, when it comes to me, if they were to come up to us and say, what are you known for? What is H12 known for? What would we say? Like, what would be our shark week here at H12? What would we be all about? And so last week, last week we started to answer this question. We said that the number one thing, right, the most important thing you should be known for at the core of who you are is your relationship with God. That everyone in this room, and hopefully H12 is moving in the direction where everyone at their core has a relationship with God. And we actually put it this way. We said that your attitude towards God should be this. Your attitude should be, um, well, not that one. But yes. By the way, if you're if you're ever like worried about sharks and you want to feel better, then you should look at sharks with human teeth. Okay. So our attitude towards God should be all of me loves. Well done. Now, and then the rest of the song does not apply to God. Okay. The curves and edges of God are not applicable. Okay. Don't don't worry about that. But this should be our attitude h 12, the number one thing we should be known for is that all of us, every single part of us should love God. All of our decisions, all of our relationships, everything that we are should be all about God, should be all about God. And Jesus actually put it this way. He said this, he said that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Not just part of your soul, not just a little bit of your mind, like everything that you are. And that's what we talked about last week. And if you, um, if you missed out on last week, like you didn't hear the teaching or maybe you heard some people talking about it uh, and you want to like catch up, um, then uh, I'm sorry, but there's nothing we can do for you. Just kidding. We actually have a podcast now. Check it out. Uh, an H12 Podcast that you can go to at this moment, and you can download every single one of our sermons, which is pretty awesome. So, um, this is something that we want to give to you as a free resource. Uh, and there's really two ways that you can go to our podcast. You can check out the iTunes store or the podcast store and just type in high school and sugarloaf. You type in high school and sugarloaf, and then this is the only thing that comes up, and you'll be able to see it. And you can see every single message dating all the way back to March is actually available online so you can check that out. The other way you can get here is you can go to 12stone.com h12stonesl which is our like Twitter and Instagram handle. So 12stone.com h12stonesl and it'll take you right here as well. So if you ever miss a message in the future and you want to catch up or if there's like a message that you hear and you're like I want to hear that again like I want to remember that part then you can always go there you can download it you can share it you can do all sorts of stuff with that. Now the cool thing is, is if you were here last week you know that last week was an incredibly, incredibly powerful week. In fact, I, I, I'm not the only one that thinks that. Uh, there's a lot of you that tweeted stuff, and so we've got just, just a few of the tweets. We're not going to go through all of them. Um, but, but many of you talked about the fact that last week was unbelievably powerful. That loving God with everything that you are and not leaving any stone unturned, not leaving any corner of your life without God, that that was a really, really powerful thing. And I got to tell you, man, I saw that and I saw all these tweets and I saw many of you making decisions, making difficult decisions to love God with everything that you are, with all of your heart, all of your soul and all of your mind. And I was so proud of you. I was. I heard, um, I heard stories of like people being honest with their parents for the first time. I heard stories of people like breaking habits they've never broken before. And I was just, I was blown away. I mean, this, this is why I do what I do. Uh, because I want students to fall in love with Jesus as much as I'm in love with Jesus. But um, I got to be honest. The, there's, a, there's a part of me that was kind of afraid. And I know this is going to sound weird, but just kind of bear with me. There's a part of me that was afraid that many of you would take last week's message and say, and that's all there is to life. That all there is to life is my relationship with God. In other words, you think that the purpose that God has for you for your life is for you to love God and that's it. That, that, that the perfect, like a perfect day for you or an ideal Christian day for you is for you sitting upstairs in your room by yourself with your Bible, with your headphones listening to oceans on repeat over and over and over again and it's just me and God and we're going after it and it's awesome. And in your mind, that is the thing that your life should be made of. In other words, the goal of the Christian life is for me to talk to God and then to listen to what God says and then talk to God and listen and talk and I don't have time for you because I'm focusing on God and I'm listening to God and I'm hearing what he has to say and then I'm saying things back to him and then I'm listening again and that that is all there is to life. And some of you in the room, if you were to be honest, you're like, you are a little nervous right now because you're like... I thought that's what you wanted. Like, I thought, I thought that's what this life is all about. I thought, like, I thought you wanted us to say that God is the only thing that matters and only me and him, and that's it. And so we have this question, right? The question is, what, what are we known for? What are we known for? And if the only thing that we are known for is that we love God, I think we're missing something. I think we're missing something. And I think if Jesus were to stand here today, he would look at us and he would say, I think you're missing something. And so I actually want to look at the rest of the conversation that Jesus had with the people that he was talking to last week. So if you would, go ahead, grab your Bibles. They should be like maybe in your lap or around you. Just ask some people. There should be some in the very back as well as some in the front. You want to make sure you grab some Bibles and some notes as well. We're going to look at the same passage we looked at last week. So we're going to look at Matthew chapter 22. Starting in verse 37. And this is going to be on page 990. 990. And uh, we said this last week, but I want to make sure you know it. Um, If this is like your first time to church, or you haven't been to church in a long time, and you don't have a Bible of your own, we want the Bible that you have in your hands to be our gift to you. Okay? So if you don't have a Bible, literally take a pen and like write at the front right at the front of that Bible, take it home. That is our gift to you. We want you to have a Bible, not just here on Wednesdays, but also when you go home. And so many of you remember that last week, Jesus was having a conversation with a lot of people that didn't like him, uh, which which might be surprising to some of you because you thought that everyone loved Jesus, but turns out there were a lot of people that didn't like Jesus. So if you have people that don't like you, Uh, then you're in good company because a lot of people didn't like Jesus either. So Jesus was talking to these people that didn't like him. They didn't like him because they were jealous of how good of a teacher he was. And so they tried to trick the teacher. They tried to like one-up the teacher. They tried to ask the teacher. They tried to ask Jesus a question that he couldn't answer. And usually that would actually go okay for someone. (laughs) But when you try to ask like the God of the universe who created everything and knows everything a question, he's probably gonna know the answer to it. So it didn't really go so well for those people trying to trick him, but they actually asked him a really good question. And they thought that this, an, that, that this question did not have an answer. And the question was, what's the most important thing in life? Like, what's the one thing that we should be all about? Or we worded it this way last week, what should be at your core? Like, that all of your decisions, that all of your relationships, that all of your emotions, that everything centers around. And Jesus answered this way in uh, Matthew chapter 22, Starting verse 37, Jesus actually had an answer, and he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And that's where we left off last week, but Jesus was not done. He says, this is the first and greatest commandment. In other words, this is at the core. This is the main thing. And, (laughs) and, Jesus says. See, he's not done here. That's not the end of his thought. Jesus begins answering this question, but he did not stop where we stopped last week. There's a big and there, because he's not done. So in the same breath that Jesus is saying, the most important thing you should do is love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets, in other words, everything else all the rest of your life, all the rest of your decisions, all the rest of your friendships, all the rest of your emotions, everything hang on these two commandments. Not one, but two commandments. In other words, Jesus is saying, the number one thing you should do is love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And in the same breath, he would say to us, and love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. Another way to put it, is this, and this is actually in your notes. Loving God is your first priority, not your only priority. Loving God is your first priority, but not your only priority. And I think we get confused when we think that this life is all about me loving God and I gotta make sure I love God and you ignore everyone else. And Jesus would say, loving God is your first priority. That's at the core of who you should be. But that's not all there is. You should love other people. You should love your neighbor. And so Jesus would say to us, it's not just about having God at your core, although that's the most important thing, but it's also incredibly important that you love the people around you. Now, some of you uh, might be um, maybe a little upset about that or maybe you're pushing against that and you don't really like that. And maybe the question in your mind is, well, why? <laughs> like, like, do I really need to love my neighbor? Why should I love the people around me? And maybe because it's like so hot in here, you're like, my neighbor actually smells really bad. Like, do I have to love them right now? Like, this is, this is awful, right? So why? And, and I, think, I think that there's two answers. Uh, to this question, I think there's two reasons that God would say um, for us to love. One one reason is because Jesus said so. Jesus said so. And by the way, if there's a guy that's going to live a perfect life and have all these incredible miracles and all these incredible teachings, and then die a brutal Roman crucifixion where people actually see him bleed and die, and then three days later, by the power of God, actually raised to life, I think I'm going to go with whatever he says, right? Like, there's gotta be something to this guy. And so for me, I look at this and I say, well, Jesus said it. That's a really, really good reason. But maybe that's not a good enough reason for you. And so this is this is the second reason, and maybe you can relate to this. The second reason is, because you can't do life alone. Because you can't do life alone. Hard as you may try, as much as you think you can, You can't do life alone. You can't. And many of you have been struggling in your relationship with God because you're trying to make it a you and Jesus party and no one else is invited and we're just going to hang out together and I'm going to listen to Hillsong United all day long and I'm going to block everyone else out of my mind. And Jesus is saying, No, there's more. There's more. Because you can't. You, You just can't do life alone. In fact, you were not created to do life alone. I don't know if you ever thought about this, but God did not create you to try and do life alone. Um, there's, this is one of my favorite passages of scripture, and it's often overlooked, but I think it's, it's, it's cool if we look at it real quick. This is at the very beginning, like when God created everything, uh, in Genesis chapter two. This is what God said, which is really interesting. He says, it is not good for man or for people, men and women, it is not good for man to be alone. Now, uh, there's, there's a few reasons why this, this passage of scripture is very interesting. Uh, the first one is, this is the first time that God ever said something was not good. The first time in all of scripture that God said something was not good. So, so here's what happened. God created the heavens and the earth. Everything that you can imagine, everything that you've seen. And after he created it, he said it was good. So he separated the light from the dark and he said, that's awesome, that's good. And then he created, like he separated the waters and he said, that's good. And then he created all the things that move along on the ground, he said, that's good. And he created the stuff that's in the water and he said, that's good. Then he created Adam and when he created Adam, he said, it was very good. In other words, like this is awesome, I love it. And then the first time he says something wasn't good is here, it's not good. For man to be alone. Now, some of you, uh, maybe you've like read some scripture and so you're trying to come up with an argument and you're like, well, clearly God is talking about his relationship with Adam. And he's saying it's not good for Adam to be by himself. He needs a relationship with God, which I totally agree. God does, uh, uh, Adam does need a relationship with God. We need a relationship with God. But the context of this verse, that's not what it's saying. Because see, during this time, Adam already had a relationship with God. In fact, no offense, Adam had a better relationship with God than you do and than I do because there was no sin, there was no guilt, there was no shame. Adam hadn't messed up yet. Nothing was wrong. There were no doubts, no fears. So Adam had a perfect relationship with God. In fact, there's one passage of scripture where Adam and God are walking side by side in the garden in the cool of the day together. And so in the context of this, when Adam is loving God with all of his heart, with all of his soul, with all of his mind, he and God are in a perfect relationship, and God says, something's wrong. There's still something missing. It's not good. It's not good for man to be alone. See, we we were created to be with other people. And you know what's interesting is <laughs> nature Actually, reflects this. You guys, you guys remember the um, uh, the video we watched at the beginning, Shark Week, right? Um, uh, did did you catch the like uh, uh, the the creatures that the shark was going after? Yeah, what well, was it? Seals. How many of you would say seals going after seals? Um, so, actually, no, it was not seals. Um, it was not seals. The shark was attacking a seal. Because see, at the very beginning of the video, you saw all these seals going together, and if you notice, there was no shark. Because when the seals are in a group together, the sharks don't attack. But then, when the seals are separated from community, the seals are in danger. They're in dangerous territory. Because a great white shark attacks single prey. And it's the same for us. It's the same for us. See, when you are separated from community, you're in dangerous territory every time, because you can't do this life alone. You can't. I, I, uh, I was talking to a student who, um, he went to a camp a little while ago that was a lot like the camp that we just came back from a few weeks ago, and uh, before going to camp, man, he, he was into all sorts of really bad stuff. He was partying All the time he was drinking, Uh, there were a lot of like illegal drugs, just uh, his family life was no good. There was was just a lot of messed up stuff that he was going through. And then he went to this camp and his life was turned around (laughs) and he found out how incredible Jesus is and how incredible the love of God is and he found out that in the midst of all that he had done, Jesus actually loved him, Jesus actually wanted to forgive him, Jesus actually died on the cross for him and so he said, I'm in, I'm in. And he accepted Jesus as his savior. And even at the camp, you could tell that he wanted all of him to belong to God. He wanted to love God with all of his heart, with all of his soul and with all of his mind. And so he actually gave up all the stuff that he was doing. He said, God, I want you to have all of me, every bit of me, every relationship, every decision I make, every emotion that I feel. And so he gave it all up and he stopped drinking, stopped going to parties. Stop smoking weed. Stop doing all that stuff. But but he failed to get into community. And part of that was because he just didn't really see the need for it. Part of it was he just didn't really want to reach out for help. And now he's in dangerous waters. And he's struggling with a lot of the same stuff that he was struggling with before Jesus, even though he fully intended to love God with all of his heart, with all of his soul, with all of his mind, because he wasn't in community, because he was separated from community, he was in dangerous, dangerous territory. Um, I talked to another student recently that actually had a really similar background. And just for the sake of this story, because it might get confusing, I'm going to give him a fake name, okay? So this is not his real name, or maybe it is. Uh, but uh, his fake name I'm going to give him is John, okay? So John had a very, very similar background. And he, um, you know, he, he, he partied all the time, he drank all the time, smoked weed, didn't really care because he didn't really care about anyone else. He was just living life for him, and he thought that that was okay uh, until one day <laughs> he met Jesus, and he found out that God loved him more than he could possibly imagine. And so it completely blew him away. And he said, God, I'm all in. I'm all in. He said, God, I want to love you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, and with all of my mind. And so he, like the other student, John, gave up all of his stuff. And he said, I'm done partying. I'm done drinking. I'm done smoking weed. I'm done, I'm done with all this stuff. I'm not going to do that anymore. And, and, he got in community with people that love Jesus just like he did. And he surrounded himself with people that love Jesus to hold him accountable and encourage him when he was struggling. And one of the guys, um, one of the guys that he was hanging out with, and again, this is not a real name, but we're gonna use it for the story, was Sam, okay? Well, one night John um, got really, he just got frustrated with life. Life was not going the way he wanted it to go. he wished that circumstances were different. And to be honest, he just wanted instant gratification. He just, he just wanted an escape back to his old life before Jesus. He just wanted to go back there. And so he actually called up his friend, Sam, and said, Sam, dude, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm tired of all this stuff. And can we just, like, chill? Like, can we just hang out together and smoke weed? Like, that's just, that's just all I want to do right now. And Sam agreed. Now, here's Here's what John didn't know. Sam had no intention of smoking weed with John. Sam wanted to hold him accountable. Sam wanted to help him. So Sam and John go, and they go grab some weed, and then they drive to a field because they just wanted to smoke weed uh, in this field. And so they get to the field, and and Sam uh, leans over to John and says, hey, can I just see the weed for a second? And so he grabs the weed, and he won't give it back to John. And he says, I'm not going to let you do this. Hmm. See, I care about you too much to let you make a decision that you're going to later regret. And so I'm not going to let you do this. And you might be upset with me right now, and I get that. But one day you'll thank me. But I'm not going to let you ruin your life. And so they started arguing, and, and, and John was upset because he felt betrayed. But eventually John realized that Sam was right. See, John saw that when you're separated from community, you're in dangerous territory. But when you're in community, you're protected. You're safe. You're loved. And as I was talking to John over the phone about this, he's, he was kind of recollecting the story. And he said, man, Sam cared about me. And Sam just wanted to protect me. He just wanted to help. Because see, as much as you may have made a decision that you want to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and as dead set as you are on that, and it's going to be you and God, you can't do this alone. You can't. You're going to be tempted. You're going to struggle. And you're going to need people around you. You're going to need community. And that's why we do life groups. That is, this is like the main reason that we do life groups. Because life groups are the best way we know how to build community. Life groups happen every, uh, they're actually going to start in September, but signups are going to be today after the service. Because we know that you can't do life alone. So life groups happen every single Wednesday from 6 to 6.50. And you're in, a, you're in a group of people, a smaller group of people, in your same grade and gender. And you guys meet together every single week. And you share honestly with one another. You're open with one another. And that's where you find community see, when you're separated from community, you're in dangerous territory. But when you're in community, you're protected. And so that's what life groups are for. And look, I get it. I know that you guys have a ton of stuff on your plate, lots of stuff uh, in your schedule. And we're not trying to fill your schedule, okay? We're trying to fill your life. Because you can't do this alone. You need one another. You gotta have one another. You can't life alone. And so at the end of the service, when you go to your connection groups, you're going to have a chance to sign up for life groups. Please do it. Guys, I'm telling you, like when you sit here in a row, you might be inspired. I hope you are. Maybe you uh, feel like you're growing closer to God. Maybe you feel like you're beginning to love God with, with, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, but you can't do it alone. You can't. You need one another. Man, that's why, that's why pictures like these. Are, uh, are so inspiring. Um, these, these are just a few that I found from, from over the past couple, uh, couple months. And this is community. <laughs> see, this is what Jesus was talking about when he said, love each other, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Man, I almost tear up when I see students arm in arm around each other, praying for one another, caring for one another. Those of you that were at NTS camp, you, you know the share square where people rallied around one another. At DIG, people all crowd to the front because they want to be near one another. Small groups, this one, this is so good. They didn't even know I took this picture, I'm a creeper by the way, because I leaned in and I saw that happen and I said, that's it. Like this is why H12 exists, right there, right there. You guys need, man, I'm telling you, I know you might not believe me, you'd need this more than you think you need it. You need God more than you think you need it, but I'm telling you, you need one another. You can't do this alone. Um, this past week, we had a girl get baptized, and look at the squad that showed up, man. Look at how good that is. She knows she can't do this life alone. You need one another. And so the best way we know how to have community his life groups, his life groups. So I'm telling you today, man, sign up for life groups. You can't do life alone. See, what, what, what are we known for? What is H12 known for? Man, the most important thing I want us to be known for, like the biggest thing I want us to be known for is that we chase after God, that we love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. But I hope that's not it. I hope that's not it. I hope that in the same breath people would say, and they love one another. Man, you, you become a part of that community and you are loved and you are cared for and you are encouraged and you are held accountable and people get in your face and they say things that you don't want them to say but you know you need in the moment. That's what I hope H12 is. I hope when we answer the question, what are we known for? That we are known as a church. We're known as a group of people that love God with everything we have. And love one another. So the question for today is really simple and the takeaway, like you can do now. And the and, and, and the question is this Will you sign up for a life group? Will you sign up for a life group? And man, I hope, I hope your answer is this uh, is, is yes, and I'm gonna say something that um that I wasn't really planning on saying, but it's just I mean I hope you guys know this. If if I Uh, If I had my way, and I could like expand time, and I could multiply myself, (laughs) and if I could be best friends with every one of you, and if I could like hold you accountable, and if I could be the one that you call up when you're struggling, and if I could be the one that was there with you during the good times and the bad, I would. Oh my gosh, I would in a heartbeat. I hope you know that's my heart, that I, I wish I could be that for you but I can't, but your life group leader can. And if you only knew how much these adults love you, it's it's overwhelming to me. They care about you guys so much. I'm telling you, man, if they love you, they care about you, they wanna support you, please, please, please sign up for a life group. You need one another. You need them because you are not meant to do life alone. If you're a straggler seal out in the ocean, you're in dangerous waters. But in a group, you're protected. Let me pray for you. Um, Jesus... We, we, we do love you and, uh, and I hope you know that and I hope it's more and more true for every single one of these students as, as each day goes by that they begin to give more and more of their hearts to you, that they would say, God, I want to love you with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul. But I pray that it does not end there. In fact, I think if we truly loved you, we would truly love one another. I think the two are tied together and I think that's why you spoke about it in the same breath. You said the most important commandment is that you love God with everything you have. And the second is like it, that you would love your neighbor as yourself. So help these students love one another. God, I pray that you would give them the courage to sign up for Life Group. I know for some of them, it's going to be a very easy thing. They're going to go in the room and say, yeah, I'm in, like, no question. I don't even know why Steve is making such a big deal. I was in, like, five minutes ago. Um, but for those that are, like, struggling and they're not really sure about schedule and they're not really sure about kind of how it's going to uh, go, would you give them, like, boldness to take a leap of faith? Because life change doesn't happen in, in, in rows, Life change happens in circles in their life groups. So Jesus, thank you. Uh, I, I want to thank you publicly, not that, not that you need this, but I want to thank you publicly for these life group leaders because I know they love these students uh, so much. And they, they, they've already sacrificed so much to be here with the students. And so I pray, God, that you would uh, quicken the relationships between these students and their life group leaders. Uh, I pray that you would quicken the relationships between these students and one another. And I pray that what we would be known for, H12, we would be known as a place that you go to love God with everything you are. And to love your neighbor as yourself. So, God, we, uh, we are only following your model because you showed us what it's like to love people, and we only love you because you first loved us, so thank you for sending Jesus to die for us, and I pray all these things in his name, amen.